Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. How do we know who to follow? With all the social media sites out there, we're just following everybody willy-nilly. And everybody's following us willy-nilly. And not much is going into who's telling what to who, except that there are some times when we pay a great deal of attention to, to that, depending on what the motivation is for the follow. But when we, it comes to really being led by someone or being taught by one, someone, how do we know who to follow? Too often we choose our leaders because they appeal to an unmet need rather than because they're true leaders. And we end up used, abused, and even in some cases dead. Unfortunately, there are still too many of us who are willing to fall into line between all the others who are ahead of us without even questioning why. It's a line and we're supposed to be in it. We see this in politics with the current propaganda of fear encouraging followers to line up to vote their fear. We see it in religions that respond to their members with control rather than compassion. We see it in the false prophet or the charlatan who tells us who to be instead of encouraging our own self-exploration. How do we recognize these false prophets? And even if it's not a false prophet or a charlatan, how do we know if a teacher is teaching us something that isn't really true or isn't true for us? This show today is intended to boldly enable us to choose our leaders wisely. So stay tuned for the whole show. You're not going to want to miss much of this. So, you know, we've, we've heard about the leaders, uh, in the past that were cult leaders that were, where really terrible, terrible things happened. One of the most recent was, was the episode of James Arthur Ray last year or two years ago in 2010 when three people died in a sweat lodge. Um, some others were injured, uh, in that same sweat lodge incident. And, you know, we've heard all kinds of things about that. And I don't really know what the whole truth is because I wasn't there, but, uh, what we, what we, what I've pieced together is that he kept instructing people that, that if they stayed in longer, they were gonna be healed or be, you know, get greater advantage at least of, of staying in the sweat lodge. And it was, uh, a terrible experience for those who've reported on it. Way back in 1978, Jim Jones, uh, we've, most of us have heard about him, the leader of the People's Temple, killed 918 people in a mass suicide by, uh, all drinking the Kool-Aid that was supposed to uh, bring them to a new place, a new heaven. Uh, Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles were the leaders of uh, Heaven's Gate, the mass suicide in 1997. Joseph DeMombro and Luc Jure of 1994, that was the Order of the Solar Temple, they they uh, killed a child, uh, sacrificed a child because the child they, was thought to be the next Antichrist. And then a few days later, there was a massive suicide. So these are these are examples of of how leadership can run amok. And obviously those are very extreme examples. But some of those extremes are taken in less minor forms in other examples of leadership. And, you know, we talked the last two weeks. Actually, the show was repeated last week. I apologize for that. My my um, guest was a no-show, and we had to repeat the show from the previous week again. But uh, it was on leadership. And leadership is a very, very interesting topic these days with a lot of people out there giving it a lot of hype and a lot of rhetoric and a lot of people are talking about new ways to manage people and motivate people and excite people and inspire people and all of it has to do with getting people to do what you want them to do 
And that's not what really leadership is really all about. And that's the mistake we've made with leadership. We think that it has to do with getting other people to do what we want them to do. That's what our religions have been based on. That's what our politics have been based on. That's what our uh, businesses are based on. The, uh, the hierarchy in businesses is based on the idea of, you know, somebody's the boss and you're supposed to do what they say and they're supposed to be able to say it and you're supposed to do it. And a lot of that is based on the old militaristic order of things in which there's a hierarchy of officers and each one of them has a certain degree of authority and there's all these things that you're supposed to do to show them respect for their authority by saluting and, you know, uh, standing up when they walk in the room and, uh, you know, following their orders to the letter, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a certain kind of loyalty that's supposed to come with that idea of leadership. And the idea of loyalty is that if you don't do what the boss says you're supposed to do, then you're not loyal to the boss. And therefore, you're, uh, you are not only um, a detriment to the effort, whatever that effort is, but you are also uh, somebody who has personally uh, insulted the boss. Because he requires your respect because he or she is the boss. And that's the reason they get respected because he or she is the boss. Period. End of subject. There's no other questions asked. You're the boss. You get my respect. I'm supposed to do what you say. Regardless of what you've said, how you've said it, how abusive you are when you say it, or whether or not what you're telling me is actually something I should do. Um, these questions have been raised in courtrooms around the world where where a, a soldier followed an order uh, that was illegal or unethical at the very least, and um, he followed the order because his his general or his somebody his his sergeant told him to do it, and he did it, and then he was called into court later and, and court martialed because he did what he was told to do, uh, and that is our our idea of leadership. We are to do what we're told to do. Period. End of subject. That's the end of it. I have lots and lots of clients who come in to see me who are talking, uh, their parents, and they have their children in the room with them, and they're telling the children in front of me, of course, trying to get me to ally with them, uh, to say, and they're saying, I just can't get him or her to respect me. So I ask them, what do you mean by respect? Well, I don't want any back talk, and I want them to do what I tell them to do when I tell them to do it. And so I ask them to explain to me what back talk is. And very often, not always, but very often they say, Oh, well, backtalk is when the child complains when I've told him to do something. Or backtalk is when the child confronts me with something that I've done wrong. Or backtalk is, I mean, they're not using that language, but when we get down to the research on what's really going on, that's what's happening. The child is saying, wait, why are you hitting me? Do, do you have to really hit me to, to make me obey? What, what's going on here? Why are you putting bruises on my body? So that kind of thing is uh, considered to be lack of respect and backtalk. So there's no room for the child to have his his or her own identity. There's no room for the child to to make boundaries. There's no room for the child to say, "Wait, you're treating me unfairly. I don't want you to treat me unfairly." Um, so in those cases, then the idea of leadership: I'm the parent. You're supposed to do what I say. Is the same as the old archetype of I'm the boss. You do what I say. And in cases where uh, the boss is inappropriate, dysfunctional. Or just really even psychopathic. There's certainly those out there too. Uh, and they tell somebody to do something or, or unethical or they tell someone to do something in a way that's abusive 
or they try to trick people or manipulate people, et cetera, et cetera. We could go on and on. Does that boss really uh, deserve for us to be obedient and respectful in that term, respect meaning obedience? Uh, certainly we respect his or her person if we can, um, but they certainly are not earning their respect, our respect with our behavior. So, so when we talk about leadership, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, um, who can we really trust to truly lead us? And when it comes to spiritual things, we're talking about something very, very important. So before we move into that, I want to, I want to ask you all a favor. Whoever's out there listening to me today, um, I am promoting a leadership, uh, authentic leadership effort in my own business, which is Andrea Matthews LPC LLC. And I am uh, launching that practice to do more in terms of businesses and corporate training to offer authentic leadership or, and to author, auth- offer a program called Profitability by Authenticity because I would like to change how we see leadership. I'd like to see it change drastically. And as I said in the beginning, there are many people out there who are uh, teaching other people how to be leaders with a lot of rhetoric, but it's all a bunch of techniques for how to get other people to do what they want them to do instead of teaching the principles of authentic leadership, which is what I teach. I'm not saying they're wrong or bad. I'm just saying this is new. It's a new paradigm, and I've been told by some people that it's 10 years ahead of itself. So um, I am out there trying to promote this, and uh, I'm trying to get a grant. And what you can do to help that happen is go to missionsmallbusiness.com, but you have to put an S after the, H, the HTTP. It's HTTPS colon double slash www.missionsmallbusiness.com. Click on the support box and then add this name, Andrea Matthews, comma, LPC, comma, LLC. So that's Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A. Matthews, M-A-T-H-E-W-S, that's one T, comma, L-P-C, Larry Peter Cat, comma, L-L-C, Larry Larry Cat. Okay, so that will put your vote in. I need 250 votes in the next two days to help me win this grant so that I can uh, get this word about authentic leadership out there to the world. Uh, you can help me make that happen by just a simple click and writing in my name. So I, I will ask you again to go to HTTPS, www.missionsmallbusiness.com, click support, and add my name, and that will be your vote for me. And if I get the grant, you will certainly hear about it. And uh, you have my thanks already in advance. So we're talking about leadership today and leadership about in terms of following. How do we know who to follow? How do we interview somebody on the ball, on the job? So we go in for an interview. We want a job. And we just kind of cower into this old place where we say, well, if they like me, I'll take the job. So we leave it all up to them, and we don't ask ourselves whether or not we might want to consider whether or not we would take the job. We don't ask that leader that we're talking to, what is their management style? We don't ask questions about the political stuff that goes on in the team. We don't ask them about the efficacy of the team. We don't ask any questions at all. Except how much is it going to pay and what are my benefits? (laughs) That's what we ask. And that paradigm is exactly why when we move to the spiritual level, we don't know how to follow. We don't know how to lead and we don't know how to follow. 
And we don't know how to follow because we go, oh, well, if you're promising to meet some of my needs, well, I'll just follow you. Caroline Mice wrote a, a, a book called Sacred Contracts. And in that book, she talks about four basic uh, archetypes that we all have. And one of those is the prostitute. We all have that. And the prostitute is the one who will sell herself for money. And that's what we've all been taught to do. Sell pieces of ourselves for money. And we do that on the spiritual level as well as on the employment level. We're going to talk some more about that right after this break. Stay tuned. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. So today we're talking about how we know who to follow. Last week and the week before, with the same message, we talked about leadership what it is and what it isn't. And today we're talking about followership, what it is and what it isn't. Because actually we don't know much about either one. We've developed a paradigm for leadership that is a very militaristic pattern that says, I'm the boss, you do what I say or else. Um, Whereas true leadership, authentic leadership, is not about getting other people to do what we want. Lately we have uh, learned about all kinds of uh, of, uh, leadership techniques 
that have to do with motivating and inspiring people. So, you know, we hear about these meetings in the morning at places like Walmart where um, they have this big rah-rah meeting and they motivate everybody and they go out and they sell, sell, sell all day long. And that might work for some people, uh, temporarily at least, but they have to do it every day. So obviously it's not working for the long term. Um, motivation is not manipulation and motivation is an inside job as is inspiration as is everything else that we ever do so getting other people to do what we want them to do is not leadership leadership and i'm going to go ahead and define it for you leadership is encouraging and facilitating the authenticity the expansion and the creativity the maximum ability of everyone that you're talking to Maximum personal and professional ability. So on the spiritual realm, when we're talking about a leader, we're a true leader, we're not talking about someone who will tell you what to do, will tell you what to believe, will tell you what to think, will tell you how to feel. We're not talking about that. We are talking about someone who will facilitate your own internal exploration without manipulating you into thinking or feeling like they think you ought to think or feel. All right. So uh, so the object of the game is to pick a leader who's going to help us find ourselves. But, okay, now here's the catch. You're picking the leader. So aren't you already somewhat in the equation? I think so. I remember a time when uh, uh, before I had my firstborn child, I read every book on the planet about parenting because I knew just enough to be dangerous when it came to uh, trusting myself to, to, to raise a child because I was a social worker at the time and I heard all the horrible stories and I was working in the field where there was constant child abuse and I was terrified that I might make some kind of mistake that was going to damage my children. So I read everything I could get my hands on and at some point, maybe when my son was about six, six months old, I began to go, you know what? I'm reading all these books and I'm saying which parts I agree with and which parts I don't. So if I can decide what I agree with, there must be somebody in me that knows how to parent. If I'm the decider about which part, which things I agree with and which things I don't, then there must be somebody in me that knows how to parent from my own authenticity. And I began to trust that person. And then I relaxed into parenthood and it became a whole lot more fun. <laughs> and did I make mistakes along the way? Absolutely. My children will assure you that I did. <laughs> but, uh, but did I do basically a really good job? I think so as well. So, uh, so the, uh, the idea is that you are the chooser. You're the one choosing your leaders. You're the one selecting your boss. They're not just hiring you. You're hiring them. You're also choosing them. So, we we can if we get into the mode of saying i'm the chooser then we've already stepped a little bit more into our own leadership because actually that's what true leadership is all about true leadership is all about facilitating each person in the room's awareness of their own ability to lead themselves that's what authentic leadership is about so in a business it would look like this i would sit around a round table whether metaphorical or or in the real as the leader, and I would uh, facilitate questions so that we would get creativity going so that each person would have the opportunity to put forth their ideas and, and we'd get, uh, each person would uh, be able to be in a position that f- matches his talents and his in- intelligence and his passion so that, so that 
in that room, each person is passionately involved in opening up to newer and newer ideas and creating newer and newer things and assessing the things that have been done to see if they're still working and going back over that and seeing what we could need to add or subtract to that. And we're all in this effort together where we're creating. And what happens in that process is the ceiling for potential rises exponentially because everybody is operating out of their maximum. Instead of in the old paradigm of leadership where one person decides what's going to happen and everybody else is supposed to do it, then you've got the ceiling is just the size of that person's uh, capacities. So that if that person is inept in any way, the ceiling is reduced by that. Uh, and we certainly know that there are a lot of inept bosses out there. Sorry to say that, but there are. Uh, there's a lot of dysfunctional bosses out there, a lot of inept bosses, a lot of people who got promoted because they knew how to make the widget right and they knew how to, uh, 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 you know, s- do sales well or they knew how to, um, do their, uh, win stocks or, or, or influence, um, the market in some kind of way. Those are the things that people get promoted though for. They don't get promoted because they're good leaders. We put people through ministerial schools. And very often they know how to preach or they know how to pastor, but they don't always know how to do both. And very few of them know how to lead. Because right? we're all thinking in that old paradigm. The old paradigm is, I tell you what to do and you do it. And that old paradigm is killing people, literally, especially when it comes to cult leaders. So how much of what we do in terms of our spiritual awareness is following a leader that may or may not be somebody that actually is leading us deeper into ourselves. If your leader is your guru, your teacher, your master teacher, your master group, whatever, if it's not teaching you to go inside yourself and find deeper and deeper aspects of who you are and what you have to bring to the table, you're not learning from that leader. You're not learning what can be learned to facilitate the maximum of your potential and perhaps everybody else's potential in the room. So we we can talk about something called spiritual abuse. Spiritual abuse is when somebody decides that they know what is true spirituality and what isn't, and they're going to tell you what it is and what it isn't. And when you act in ways that they think uh, doesn't match their idea of true spirituality, then they're going to tell you you're wrong. And they're going to try to insist that you do it their way. That's spiritual abuse. And it can be even more abusive than that when it comes down to really uh, uh, sort of messing with your emotions about how you are responding to them as a teacher. Um, spiritual abuse ha- it can be seen as a way of total manipulation in which brainwashing is actually occurring. So that's what happens in these cults very often. Uh, a, a person who joins a cult is a person who's in extreme need. Um, they they have an empty tank when it comes to love. They just haven't been loved. They haven't been received. They haven't been noticed. They haven't been appreciated. And very often they've been wor- worse. They've been abused. And so they come into these cults with an empty tank. And the cult leader and leaders wrap them up in their arms and say, we're going to love you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to give you all that, those uh, salary and benefits that, you know, it's the same thing with a job. We're going to take care of you in these ways. All you have to do is prostitute yourself for us. And, and in, in the same way, uh, when we join a cult, 
what we're doing is saying, okay, I'll give up these things about myself in order to have this love I'm starving for. They'll feed me. They'll put me uh, in a shelter. They'll give me some comrades and some compatriots, and I will be able to have people around me, and they will love me, and I will give up myself for that. That is what Carolyn Mace was talking about when she wrote the sacred contracts and put in there the archetype of the prostitute. The, uh, The prostitute says, I can give up this to have this. I can give up my sexuality to have money. I can give up my rights to my body to have money. I can, I can, uh, live on the streets to have money. I can be pimped out at his wishes to have money. So in that sense, then what we're saying is I'll trade this for this. And anytime you're in a trade mode, you're in the prostitute mode. And anytime you're in that mode, you're about to be led astray. And by astray, I don't mean into sin. I mean away from yourself. So, uh, knowing who to follow is all about f- looking inside of ourselves and asking where we feel that we need to be taught. Uh, what do I need to be taught wh- and what, what, what kind of leadership would I like to have? So, for example, before you go into a job interview, ask yourself, what kind of boss would I like to have? I ask people that in groups all the time. You know, if you could pick out kind of leadership you want, what would you pick, what would you choose? Well, I would choose support. I would choose uh, recognition. I would choose someone who wants to uh, facilitate my growth. I would choose someone who wants me to be a part of a team effort. I would choose someone who wants to uh, uh, pay me well, but but who also doesn't want to use me or abuse me, but who does want to facilitate the maximum of my abilities so that I can bring my whole self to work with me and it brings something to the, to the endeavor. Um, so that's what I would want as a boss. If that's what you wanted as a boss, a boss that tells you what to think in an interview or, uh, or, or you know, seems to be kind of crusty and, um, abrasive in an interview might not be your pick for a boss. But you say, well, wait, wait, there's so many people out of jobs out there. I got to have a job. Careful. You're on the line of prostitution. That's when we begin to sell ourselves out. That's when we begin to say, uh-oh, I, I need this so badly. I'll just take whatever I can get. Please just give me something because I need this so badly. And the more we think that way, the more we enable leadership to keep being abusive. Um, and that enabling is is a part of the problem. It's definitely not a problem just in leadership. It's a problem in the fact that the whole systems are supporting that leadership. And we are part of those systems. So pick and choose carefully. It's the same in, in, in terms of spirituality. When you go to a church, a, a mosque, a temple, a, uh, um, ashram, anything where you're all about trying to find a guru or a teacher, someone who will lead you, you might want to ask yourself, what kind of leadership am I looking for? What do I want in a leader? Before you go in there and write those things down. Once you get clear on what you want in a leader or a teacher, then you can go in and select. But until you're clear, then you're liable to just go with that prostitute archetype that is in all of us that says, oh, well, I'll trade this for this. I'll give up my soul to have this because I need this. i got to have a job, so I'll give up my soul for my job. No. Authenticity doesn't work that way. And is that scary? Absolutely. I guarantee you it's scary. It's scary for all of us. It's scary for me. But the payoff is you, when you land, you land in something real. 
Now, I'm not saying we should all go out there and be homeless in order to support some spiritual principle of authenticity. So that would be me telling you how to think, and that would be me being a bad leader. But I am saying the more we can consider this possibility that we get to select our leaders, the more we can uh, find ourselves in a good place later. Um, if you, if, uh, you know, if you need a job and you need to go out there and get a job that's temporary to get you through until the next time, go get it. You know, I'm not saying don't, don't eat. I am saying that we need to know what we're about. Okay. Not selling ourselves. So we're going to talk some more about this right after the break, talking about leadership, what it is to follow, what it means to be a charlatan and what it means to be a false prophet. We'll be talking some more about that right after the break. Stay tuned for more. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and wellness network are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market if so then you need to tune in to profitable investing with jordan kimmel every thursday at 8 a.m pacific time jordan kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on wall street as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit pumping pro grab the bull market by the horns and listen to profitable investing with jordan kimmel every thursday at 8 a.m pacific time Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio, because shift happens. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about how we can know who to follow. And in the spiritual realm, that can be very, very scary because we're, we're in the spiritual realm. We're talking about the soft, gooey, vulnerable stuff inside of us. 
And those are where we find our, find our most profound needs. So as we said, the people who join cults are very often people who are, are very needy. Uh, emotionally and can be manipulated based on those needs. The manipulator, the charlatan or the false prophet, however you want to term that, is, is someone who will use brainwashing as a technique to get followers out of their own insecurities and their own, um, perhaps childhood abuse, their own childhood brainwashing, whatever. Um, they are, uh, they need followers, in other words, to feel like they're okay. And the, so their cults are based entirely on their ego instead of on the truth or something close to it. The truth would be very individualized with each person seeking it him, him or herself. Uh, so when we see manipulation of fears, uh, uh, it is, it's, it can be quite devastating because, and we can see that today in the political arena very easily. So I'm using this as an example. So many people out there are promoting the idea that Obamacare is going to turn us into socialized medicine, and it's really a bad, bad thing. And so you don't want to vote for that. You don't want that. You want it rejected, and tomorrow they're going to be – the Supreme Court's going to be ruling on that, uh, and who knows how that's going to turn out. So we'll see. But uh, the idea is that the the propaganda is telling us, be afraid. Be very afraid. You don't want – medical care that's free because that's socialized medicine. And if you're a true patriot of the American people, then you don't want that. Okay, so uh, that's a kind of manipulation of fear. And whether this thing turns out to be something we actually do or not, of course, is right now in the hands of the Supreme Court. So I'm not talking about the truth or fallacy of it. I'm talking about how people are using it to manipulate our fears. Um, and and uh, we also see it in terms of manipulation of emotions in the same way that uh, if you if if I'm a very intuitive person, I can use my intuition in very uh, different ways. I can use it to figure out what you want, figure out what you need, watch for that, read it in your body language, in your eye contact or lack thereof, in your facial expressions, and then I will use that information to manipulate you to follow me. That's how very often cult leaders work. They figure out what it is that people need, and they go, oh, here, I can give you that. I'll give it to you in such warmth and such depth that you will not doubt that I have it to give, and you will sacrifice everything to have that because you have been so hungry for it all of your life that you will sacrifice to have it. And so when we see people coming, for example, um, to uh, to a an event out of that kind of desperate hunger that says, I must have a an spiritual answer to my question, those people very often are very susceptible to being manipulated. And so we all have hungers. We all have uh, needs that can we can get triggered and go, oh, my gosh, I have to have that. Uh, we, we all have that. Every one of us has some area that can be tricked. I mean, triggered and, and, and then we can be tricked because of it. Um, and so we, we need to be cautious about that, not being, allowing uh, those desperations to take over and lead us into be, into following someone who will lead us further away from who we are instead of closer to it. Um, the charlatan lies. The charlatan tells us things that aren't true. The false prophet lies. He or she tells us things that are not true. 
and we believe them. Having worked a few times with people who were, who were brainwashed by charlatans, and I'm not talking about cults. These people were not in cults, um, but they were definitely brainwashed. And they were brainwashed to the degree that they uh, fully had uh, twisted reality around this concept that they'd been taught. And so all of reality became skewed along those lines. And it came out of their own desperation. They were so desperately needy that they could be brainwashed. So uh, starvation works like this. If I'm really, really, really hungry, I'll eat anything. I'll eat tree bark. I'll eat dog poop. I'll eat, you know, lizards and grasshoppers and (laughs) all kinds of things that other people in other nations think are delicacies. I I will eat whatever because I'm starving. And that is the case when somebody presents us with a dish full of love and we've been starving for love all of our lives. And there are many of those people out there who are starving for that kind of love. So that caution that we need is to say, okay, let me, let me say, okay, I did not get love as a child. There certainly are ways to get love, but I need to be sure it's really love, not manipulation. So I need to go carefully. Go carefully. So that means I'm following my own leadership in trying to decide who I will follow. And that puts us back into the authentic self. That puts us back into the ability to observe, to pay attention, to listen for little signs of, uh-oh, that's kind of weird. Um, that's a little strange. Uh, certainly, you know, in the extremes where the cult leader wants to have sex with our children, that's going to be a big, 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 big red flag, you know. What? You want to have sex with my children and you're bending reality around that and you want to tell me that that's good because these children will be children of Christ? That kind of bending of the truth can only be done when somebody is that desperate to be taken care of. Okay, we can't, we will bend truth around that need to be taken care of. So that's why we need to pay real close attention. So what I'm challenging us all to do in terms of picking our leaders, whether it's a leader as a boss, a leader as a president, a leader as a senator or a congressman or a state legislature or a mayor, or a leader as a spiritual leader. Whatever the case, we are the choosers. And that is not a paradigm we have become comfortable with at all. We are not comfortable with the paradigm of choosing. In fact, the reason that Hitler was uh, was able to get away with what he got away with in uh, Germany um, during the Holocaust was because he had so many followers. Had he not had those many followers, had some groups of people begun to really uh, stir up their energies and, and, and make different things happen with regard to what he was able to accomplish, he wouldn't have been able to accomplish it. He had followers. Why did he have followers? Well, I have a theory, and the theory is that uh, the German people, uh, having had to sign the uh, Treaty of Versailles after World War I, were very much ashamed and they were economically destitute they were asked to pay back debts they did not have the money to pay back through the treaty of versailles and they thought that during world war one the jews had betrayed them that the jews had stayed back off the front lines and had told secrets and and betrayed them and so they thought the jews were somehow accountable for their losses during world war one and so uh a a a race of people who'd been taught that they were already uh, a, a kind of superior um, in that that they were 
they were white, they were German, they, that was the kind of intellect they'd had even before pro, uh, World War One wasn't as pervasive as it was after Hitler, but it certainly was there. Uh, and they felt a great deal of shame. And that shame, shame is the lowest denominator of emotions we can feel. And that shame was a group shame. So shame was built on shame, built on shame, built on shame. And it just became this oppressive, overwhelming feeling that not only were they economically destitute, but they felt a great deal of shame. And there was a lot of infighting on the streets between different political factions and all kinds of things going on over there. And then Hitler walks in and he says, I got your solution. Here it is. Just follow me. I'm going to get rid of the Jews. And uh, he didn't say that specifically, but basically, uh, I'm going to get rid of your shame. I'm going to make us a superior race, and everything's going to be fine. And all of their shame got dropped into his lap. Oh, you're going to fix our shame here. I'm going to project all that onto you for you to fix. Now you're going to be my hero, and you're going to fix that for me, and I can ignore everything else. Everything that tells me don't kill other people, everything that tells me uh, to respect other people, everything that tells me that I'm a person and I need, deserve to be respected and so other people should be as well, all of that's going to go out the window because my shame is bigger than all of that. It's, it causes desperation. And so what we got into with, with uh, Hitler was what I call shadow dancing, uh, where uh, they projected their shadow of shame onto him. And he took that as a collective. He already had his own mindset in that regard anyway. And so it fit right into his psychology. And then he took it, of course, because no one man can take the whole, the, uh, the collect, a collective pro- uh, projection. He took it and passed it on to another collective, the Jewish race. And then other people, priests and uh, gays and lesbians and all kinds of other people were uh, thrown into that categorization who would, they would carry the shame away. They're going to kill, we're going to kill them and they'll take our shame away from us. And that's how that happened. That was a group effort. Unconscious to be sure. I will, I will go to my deathbed saying that was not something anyone, uh, at least maybe not, uh, anyone except Hitler believed they were doing. It was all unconscious, but unconsciousness is our problem. That's what this show is all about, is raising consciousness so that we won't be acting unconsciously, so that we won't be walking into doors that we don't want to walk into because we are so desperate and hungry that that door seems the, the only door available to us. So the, for the, for the uh, Jew, um, German people, the Hitler seemed to be a, a savior from all that they felt. And any time we start looking to another person for a savior, we're in trouble. We're in deep trouble. That's one of the rules we must learn to follow when it comes to picking our leaders. We can never be so desperate that we pick people to lead us who are only going to use, abuse, manipulate, and harm or even kill us or other people in that name. So we're going to come back for the last segment and learn just a little bit more about how this works. So stay tuned for that. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. 
Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have you discovered and awakened the natural power of your sexual energy? Imagine a world in which every woman's role is to birth the God in every man. Join host Mookie Okan for Sex and the Divine Design. Orgasm is a gift for your health and well-being. What if everyone could be free to experience and express the pleasure and power of being alive? Come and enhance your relationships, your well-being, and your sex life. Sex and the Divine Design is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for the final segment, talking today about who we need to follow and who we don't need to follow. And we've talked a lot about what leadership is and what it isn't. And uh, I want to really sort of wrap this up uh, because I think it's really, really, really important right now in this year of election and however you vote, whatever your persuasion, Democratic, Republican, that you really ask yourself if this leader that you're voting for is what you honestly want i don't think we've asked ourselves that what we've said is it uh what am i afraid of what are they telling me i should be afraid of what's going to happen if i don't vote for them what if what if what if what if what if what if um and we don't we aren't really asking ourselves what does our country need and and how is the best way to get that when we don't ask those questions, we don't take responsibility for what goes on in our country. And here's the deal. Here's the real deal about leadership. Everyone's a leader. Everyone is a leader. Everyone is a leader for themselves and for the people that they're involved with and not to get them to do something, but to be a facilitator of their awareness of who they are. So in the process of discovering who we're going to vote for next fall, it's important that we really begin to consider what it is we want in that leadership. It's important that we begin to consider what it is we want in leadership in a boss, what we want at the CEO level of our organizations. What kind of leaders do we want? Because the truth is, here's, here's the real bottom line. 
to the degree that there is falseness in our leadership that is encouraging falseness in our subordinations and, and falseness further on down, down and down and down to the bottom lowest position in an organization, that's the degree to which that bottom line of the company in terms of its finances, its profitability is being impacted. And to the degree that that company is being impacted by the falseness above it, the bottom line can't be real if the, what goes on above it is not real. And, and so that impacts the entire economy in that same way. So our whole economy is based in a leadership paradigm that says we need to be false so we can get people to follow us. And by false, I don't mean that everybody's lying. I mean that we're all playing games. We're all supporting each other in this game that the boss is the leader and we're supposed to do what he says we're supposed to do because he or she somehow has garnered more of something. Don't know what that something is, but they got more of it and we're supposed to obey them. We're supposed to do what they say. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we should create anarchy in the world. I am saying we need to rethink our paradigm of leadership and, and that, that whole idea is my theory on what's happened to our economy. If everything above the bottom line is false, then the bottom line is going to be false too. You don't add one plus one and get minus 20. It doesn't work that way. But that's how our economy works. And it works that way because we are uh, building falseness into our leadership paradigms and we're doing it more and more. So if we want a real bottom line where we don't have to go buy gold to make money worth something, then we have to create reality above the bottom line. And the real authentic leader is not someone who says, I'm the boss, you do what I say, and don't ask questions. I've thought of this idea. It's my idea. We're going to implement my idea because I've got great ideas, and that's what we're going to do. And I don't want to hear about any of your ideas because I'm the boss, and your ideas threaten me. That's our paradigm of leadership. Really? That's what we're voting for? Really? We're voting for propaganda? Really? We're, we're asking people to be our boss who are that kind of leader? We're asking pastors to be like that? We're asking for our gurus to be like that? What is it that we're really seeking? So we don't need somebody to tell us what to do. If you're seeking someone to tell you what to do, stop right now. Don't look for another leader until you can figure out what else you need besides being told what to do. I have clients come to see me all the time, and they say, well, tell me what to do, Andrea. And I say, I want to be real clear with you. I will never, ever tell you what to do, how to think, what to feel. That is not my job as your therapist. My job as a therapist is to hold up a mirror so you can see yourself very clearly. Okay? And that is the definition of true leadership. True leaders don't tell other people what to do. They facilitate other people becoming fully aware of their own capacities and allow them to bring those out so that the ceiling for all of us is raised. That is a leader. Okay? So when we talk about taking care of of the public, you know, taking care of all of us, it isn't from a savior who's going to protect us from some big, bad, terrible thing. And it isn't from somebody who's going to protect us from our fears of being a socialist republic or protect us from our fears of the bad economy or all that. We're all responsible for the economy because we've all joined in this game of having falseness above the bottom line. We're all responsible for it. We all created it. It's not Clinton's fault. It's not Bush's fault. It's not Obama's fault. 
It's not even the Republicans' fault today. It's not even Wall Street's fault. It's all of our faults. Because if you want to use the F word, fault, it's because we've all agreed unconsciously to be a part of a paradigm that isn't authentic. So when it comes to leadership, we need to be thinking carefully about what we want to select, who we want to have as our leaders. And that makes us the leader because we're the choosers. And that's the paradigm we need to shift to. So I want to say again, I'm looking to uh, get support for teaching this authentic leadership around the world and businesses everywhere. Uh, and you can help me do that by helping me win a grant. I have to have 250 votes in the next two days. Uh, actually, it's three days, but I think it's ticking down to two as we speak. Um, and the way you can do that is to go to HTTPS. Don't forget the S. HTTPS colon double slash www.missionsmallbusiness.com. Click support, the support box after you get there and add this name, Andrea Matthews, comma, LPC, comma, LLC. That's you voting for me to be able to present this message in a much deeper, much rounder fashion than I can present it in an hour. Um, and uh, so if you go there, you can read my uh, what I've said about what I'm going to present and decide whether or not you want to vote. Uh, but if you do that, uh, I'll be forever grateful. You can send me an email and let me know that you've done that. I will uh, tell you that I'll be happy to do something for you as well. And uh, so uh, that's a way of us changing the paradigm of leadership worldwide because that paradigm is uh, is part of our psychology. It's part of how we got where we are economically. It's part of how we got where we are spiritually in terms of religion. It's part of how we got where we are in terms of our entire history. Every war that we've ever had has been based on leadership. Every war that we've ever had has been based on leadership. Bad leadership sometimes, but leadership. Um, and, and so we've made decisions to go to war and to fight for something because that was what, and we all joined in with that because that was what we were supposed to do, to be loyal to a system or to prove our manhood or something. I remember uh, in the movie Gone with the Wind and several movies, I just got through rewatching Roots uh, recently and how excited the, the young men, the young white men were about how they were going to get to go to war. And uh, they didn't have any idea what the cause was. They weren't sure why they were fighting. They just knew there was a war and they were going. So it's important for us to see that uh, when, we've, when we get into the mode of following, <coughs> excuse me, just because everyone else is following, uh, that paradigm is what brings us to the precipice of disaster. And that is what's happening in our schools everywhere. Young people are following other young people because other people should be followed or something like that. Um, <clears throat> they're handsomer. They're, they're more prestigious. They've got a lot of popularity, whatever. And other people are being bullied out of that same paradigm. And teachers are using the paradigm of leadership. Sit down, shut up, and listen to me. This is my classroom. You'll do what I say in my classroom. That paradigm of leadership is being used all over the world and in classrooms everywhere. And children are being taught by that model that this is what leadership is all about. And in that process, we're losing pieces of ourselves. And sometimes we're losing our children in some terrible, terrible ways through suicide, murder, drug, alcohol, and even mass murder, such as happened at Columbine. We need to rethink leadership. Help me do that. 
So, okay, so next week we are going to do something a little bit different. It's July the 4th, and the session will not be running a live schedule. So uh, they're going to be running some important replays. And my interview with Brian Weiss uh, is going to be replayed on that day. So you want to stay. If you missed that the first time, you want to be there for that because his interview was extremely, it was very, very good. I really enjoyed talking with him. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.